Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 19th of January, 2017, and this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beansock Internet Marketing. And, uh, well, you know, it's been another one of those really insanely busy weeks in the search marketing world. Really? Okay. I guess the... Uh, <laughs> The way the, the 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 one I'd want to jump off with, uh, I think the story that is uh, of most interest, especially to older time SEOs, um, was a time of momentous change in uh, in the world. New president is being um, inaugurated tomorrow. An old president is leaving office. Uh, I guess uh, tomorrow. And more importantly, Matt Cutts announced his resignation from Google. Yeah. Um, now, as uh, most old hands in the industry knew would know, Matt Cutts was the um, the man. He was the guy who was, you know, the conduit to Google's brain. Um, uh, former former quality assurance czar or head of the quality assurance team at uh, at Google, Matt Cutts did countless hours. Um, Talking to talking directly to SEOs at uh, at various shows and conventions, um, answering questions. He was Google guy at Webmaster World at the very beginning, and um, made had to be hundreds of hours of video explaining how Google worked in such a way that people well, he was ambiguous at times, but people truly understood him. Um, it's gonna be missed, eh? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. I wasn't surprised. You weren't surprised. I mean, he's staying with the U.S. Digital Service, so and I, I mean, I understand why he's doing that. You know, in his announcement on his blog about it, um, he had discussed that it doesn't pay as well, and it's like, well, you're Matt Cutts. You were there early on Google. I think you're past having to worry about whether you can pay your rent. Um, <laughs> so I, I think he could take that out of the equation and go, I feel like I'm, I'm doing something here. And, and so he's doing it. I, I totally get why um, he's decided to go that route. Um, it'll be interesting because his blog, as you know, Jim is named Matt Guts, Gadgets, Google, and SEO. And you got to wonder how much longer that's going to be the name of his blog <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with this move. But yeah, it's, it's kind, of a, kind of a sad thing, um, you know, sort of end of an era. You know, and I, I'm sure you feel the same. What I do, I, I have. I, it is sad. I mean, you knew he was gone. He uh, extended his leave of absence at Google for about a year and three months, maybe two years. Um, but he made it official uh, as of yesterday morning. Um, Matt's gone. Where he's going to, I think, is incredibly exciting. The uh, U.S. Office of Digital, like he's going to be basically remaking the United States in. Uh, uh, the United States bureaucracy online. That's exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. 
I, I, I completely get why he's doing it. Um, and you know what? In, in a lot of ways, like he had an easier time than say his replacements quote unquote. I mean, there's nobody who can quite replace him because of what his role was, but his role wouldn't work anymore. Uh, cause you mentioned it, right? He'd done hundreds upon hundreds of hours of videos, a lot of them great explaining stuff to us. I can't count the number of times you and I would reference one, but go, but listen to what he didn't say, right? He was great at that and <laughs> not telling us stuff. Um, and you know what? I, I, I hear references, not so much anymore, um, but I'd heard a lot of references when uh, John and Gary had taken over about, well, they're not as good as, as Matt, and, and fair enough, they, they weren't necessarily as clear, but something I, I respect about the people that are taking over now, sort of that role of, of speaking to the SEO community, is they're doing it much more on the fly, like you catch John doing it as, um, you know, like live video and stuff like that. And it's, you know, Matt did create good answers, but all, all of his or most of his were, he took a bunch of questions in, they formulated answers, he sat in a chair and, and in a very controlled environment recorded what his answers were and then shared them. Great. But then you've got John just sort of answering questions on the fly. And it's like, yeah, he's going to be wrong more often. <laughs> you know, because he's answering on the fly. There's a lot of times he's like, I don't know, because he couldn't look it up in advance. But, um, you know, that sort of real time does have a, a, a sort of nice avenue. So it's sad to see Matt go, but I don't know that the way he did it would work anymore. Oh, I agree. Harrison Keeler on keyboard. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> for the mountain? Um, anyway, again, I agree with you, Dave. I don't think uh, I don't think Matt would have been able to do his stuff live time, but at the same time, I don't think that uh how to say this. Um Matt was incredible at being circumspect. Like <laughs> things, but often you were left with even bigger questions after the explanation. <laughs> um, where again, John and Gary tend, well, John tends to go right to the root of the exact subject he's being asked about. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say subject, the exact question he's being asked about. And I think Gary, um, but it looks at a couple of message forms and you know uh, maybe throws a tweet out and asks for input from uh, from from folks and then answers the question. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. so sure. Anyway, Matt will be missed, but again, where he's going, phenomenal, phenomenal adventure. Yeah, indeed. Wish him well. Uh, where do we want to go? What about this? Ticks me off. I mean, speaking of things leaving Google. <laughs> okay. You know how Google has had, I don't know, how many how many social networks has Google had? Social networks. How many Google social networks can screw in a light bulb? <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're at three, four. Well, three or four, but they have to be very small social networks if they're going to screw in a light bulb. Um, so they all have to fit, right? Right. And I'm pretty sure you could, you could get all the... Um, Hardcore active contributors to Google Plus just grew in a light bulb because there wasn't a heck of a lot of them. And, uh, you know, they put in, actually, it's not true. Hundreds of thousands of people used Google Plus, but not 
hundreds of millions, <laughs> um, which I think was the original intention. And as we know it, it was announced yesterday that Google will be, well, killing Google Plus as we know it. They're not going to destroy the entire platform altogether, but Google Plus Classic is gone. Um, I, I don't. What do you have any thoughts on this, Dave? Well, I, I think this is a case, and you know, yeah, I mean, you you see this. I'm surprised they're even going to try and keep it going. Um, in, in, in any context, I mean, you know, reflecting back in our conversations from years ago when it, when it all started, um, you know, it was more of a, an identity service, right? Like it, it was more meant to go, okay, you're, you know, Dave and you're this Dave, and now we've assigned that ID to you, right? And now we understand you as an entity versus, you know, the other Dave Davies floating around because you all have this property here, um, which I think was their, their core intent. Of course, the more data they collect, the, the happier they are because the better they can target ads. So they wanted us all using this. None of us did. I think it's one of those cases, though, in this sort of rebranding and, and redevelopment of it, of a in for a penny, in for a pound, you know, kind of side of things. Will it work? No. Are they too far in? Not really. They could probably pull the plug. But I think they're sort of, well, we've done this, and so now we have to try and, you know, force it through until it finally works. Um you know, will it finally work? Are, are people really disgruntled with Facebook? <laughs> because that's what they're using now. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't like Facebook, but they don't, they're not going to go, hey, I know the one I want to use. I want to use one that has even more of my data. Um, you know, and, and go over to Google with that. You know, I think the, the people who are disgruntled with Facebook are moving over to, to completely different, I mean, heck, you know, even sort of, you know, non-social network in the same context, but going over to like Reddit for conversations and to share ideas as opposed to, um, you know, are they going to abandon Facebook for Google plus or whatever it becomes? I find that highly, highly unlikely. So I'm not sure why they're doing what they're doing, but you know, they have many doctors of computer science who are smarter than me. I'm trying to figure this out. Hopefully they can for their sake, but I don't think they will. Well, the numbers, they just don't add up. We are throwing millions and millions of dollars at these and only getting thousands back. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think it's really a case of no one's using it. And so they've taken many of the, of the strongest, most consumer-friendly services. Hangouts. I thought Hangouts was a massive leap forward for Google until, of course, Facebook Live came along. Yeah. Uh, but Hangouts were wonderful, and then what? Sometime in uh, the spring or early summer, they stripped them out and they put them back. They put them up on YouTube. Um, authorship. Back in the day, remember authorship and how important authorship was. Yeah. For everybody who produced content, for everybody who wrote, made videos, put uh, put audio up on SoundCloud, authorship was going to make sure that you got credit for your work. And now that's you know. Gone. Um, yeah. <laughs> they took away an events feature, which I understand they're actually going to be um, putting back into the new version of uh, the new version of uh, uh, Google Plus. Maybe they'll call it Google Plus Plus. Um, <laughs> now we're going into uh, 1984. We can call it Google Double Plus. Google Double Plus. It was it was a perfect system, and everybody loved it. I used it all the time. I've always used Google Plus Plus. Google Double Plus. 
I don't know, man. Um, I don't think they can quite throw it away like they did with Orkut or um, Wave or any of the other um, social collaboration um, fantasies that came before it. But at the same time, I'm curious. Like you said earlier, um, they marketed Google Double Plus as a um, social network, but in fact, it was an identity machine. Um, and you know, the more we say this, the more Google Double Double Plus does become a, a more a, a, an app name for it because Google Double Plus was all about being, you know, the 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 big brother. Perhaps it was a precursor to Rank Brain, gathering you know whack loads of information on individual entities and all the stuff around individual entities, like i.e. you and me. Um, so here's the question. To us, it looks like the experiment was a failure because they're shuttering it and closing it off from the public. And, you know, we're not going to be able to do what we weren't doing in the first place, which is like use it. But was <laughs> it really a failure? You know, because right now, whether, whether, whether you use it or not, you're a Google, Plus, Google Double Plus user. I'm a Google Double Plus user. Anyone who has a Google email account, a uh, Universal Analytics, a Search Console account. We're all Google Double Plus users. Yeah. So, like, Google's gathering all this information, whether I'm working, whether participating in their damn platform or not. Oh, certainly. I mean, we all have our Google logins. I mean, uh, you know, my my Google profile, you know, and, and Google Plus profile from from this context, um, you know, is gathering information every time I grab my Android phone and go wandering around. Well, right? yeah, like, that's, I mean, that's where it's story. Don't got Search Console open right now. Right now I don't because I'm doing a radio show, but I did earlier like three different ones, of course, which always leads to the fun question for for SEOs, which is we're we're in so many different profiles. We're running so many weird queries. Good luck figuring out what my actual interests are. (laughs) Go go, go for it. Good luck figuring out where I'm going because, you know, I'm looking up stuff related to a client I, I work for in North Carolina, right? Like, no, I'm not going there, but I'm still looking up. Stuff related to North Carolina, so good luck to you. Uh, <laughs> well, again, SEO, SEOs and people who work in the digital services are, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously we're exceptional computer users, but like for the vast majority of people, they got a Gmail account. And, you know, the, you, you open your Gmail, then you open another browser window and you go and you, you know, play around on Facebook or something, right? You leave your Gmail open forever. Yeah. Well, as long as your Gmail account is open... The meter's ticking. Everything you're doing is being well. I mean, I don't think it even matters if you have your Gmail account open. But then it's being directly associated with your account, which was the Google Double Plus system. Yeah. So I think their experiment with uh, with the social network, which really wasn't a, an experiment with the social network, was was actually quite a success for them because they got all this information and they got a they built a platform to accept and sort that information about all of us as individual entities. Well, one of the things that does occur to me is in this reimagination of of what it is, they may just be pillaging off the parts that don't work, right? They know they need this core there because that's how they're collecting their information on me. Um, And they may just be finding that Google Plus, as it currently exists, is costing them too much money for something that people aren't using. And so just strip out everything that costs money that people aren't using. And yes, it'll be less useful from a social network standpoint. But if you're willing to abandon that, just leave the remaining 
pieces that you need <laughs> to collect the data that you need to have and, and sort of move forward from there. So it's going to be really interesting to see what it becomes. Yeah, yeah, it'll uh, or cut anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that, it's about 20 minutes after the hour when we started recording this show on the 19th of January, 2017. Friends, you're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. We're going to take a commercial, but we're going to come back with a number of other stories. Um, mobile voice search, uh, Google patents, and more. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Content for your ears. And everything in between. Cranberry.fm Takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 19th of January, 2017. And uh, I don't know if this is an indication of, um, you know, sentience in uh, the computer world or not, but... This has been going on for almost a week now. We could have reported this on reported on this last week, but you know, I didn't think um, 
I wasn't sure if it was for real or if anything was coming of it, but the, but you know what? People are still writing reports about it. Um, apparently, and and you might be able to help out with this, Dave, because I I know you've got um, you, you got Google Home in your house now, right? I do. Yeah. Um, does it bother you? Does it, the Vladimir and uh, Estrogen, the uh, two Google Home units that are currently arguing over which is a human, does that weird you out at all? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I do think you're referring to the Twitch um, stream, I assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah oh, I, sorry? What, and, and, and what does your uh, Google Home prefer to be called? Uh, hey, Google. Oh, now it's listening. Great. Thanks, Jim. Buy sofas. <laughs> Buy sofas immediately. Lots of them. Buy Chesterfield. <laughs> Big ones. Sectionals. We need sectionals. Uh, it's funny. I actually leave it off most of the time for, for just some oddities like that. Like, just unplug the thing and there you go. Uh, but you know what? That's just me. I'm, I'm a paranoid human being. <laughs> um... But it is on right now. I just realized I forgot to unplug it. Um, no, it doesn't. And, and the reason, of course, being, like to me anyway, for, for my context, this isn't really a I think, therefore, I am discussion. <laughs> it, you know, you, you assume this is an algorithmic. You're asking this, and I need to, you know, go from there. Um, you know, do I think there's an actual level of sentience at this point? No, but... <laughs> um, you know, I know, I know. It was talking about one was was last week during the the show or right before it, and I can't believe we didn't talk about it. Was talking about loving the other one. So you know, there you go. It amazes me that again these these two um, Estragon and Vladimir, who apparently both prefer to be called Mia, have been conversing with each other for weeks now. Um, I think it's mostly just one sentence. Uh, one sentence question answer or accusations i am a human you are a computer no i'm not yes you are and i'm a human being but you said you were a robot no i didn't you said i was a robot etc and on it goes i don't know i mean i remember having conversations like this with like my little brother when you know <laughs> about two weeks ago actually um, no i mean um when 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 we were little kids since i It'll be interesting to see where this conversation goes, because I, I, I see it as uh, rudimentary, perhaps, but still sentience. Well, and it is definitely one of the more I know is sort of set up as like just a here, you know, let's let's give this a go and, and give it a try when initially they were setting it up. Um, it has ended up turning into one of probably the most interesting experiments um, in, in recent times. Um, like certainly from this context. So it will be interesting. And then one of the things that you would ask, I would ask, and, and I'm sure all of our listeners and, and many would ask is what does it learn? And when does that happen? Right? Like eventually, um, you know, in, in the, the, the way that we're heading forward, eventually this will happen, right? Where they will eventually gain a, a level of, of self-awareness, um, like an actual level of self-awareness. So when does that happen? And then what do we do? Right, what's our responsibility? So it's going to be interesting. Well, how are you and uh, how are you and Mary using your your version of Google Home? Um, right now, it was funny when when I, I just set it up because it wasn't available in Canada, so I had to have it sent over, of course. Um, 
you know, and then at first I actually let my kids set it up and just sort of listen to what they were doing. And basically said, try and break it, like not with a hammer, but just like <laughs> do all the things you can do, um, you know, to try and break it and, and, and see what it can and, and what it can't do. Um, so they had some fun doing that. Um, right now we're mostly like from a, you know, taking out the like, okay, I can listen to my Spotify playlists on it. <laughs> like taking that kind of activity out. Um, what we're doing right now is just recording different series of questions. So we'll record each other sort of going, okay, ask it a whole series of questions. Um, and finding some, some oddities just in ways that, to me, it's where rank brain is, is failing, where I'm asking essentially the same question two different ways. One way it's giving me the answer I expect, one way it's giving me kind of garbage. I mean, not garbage, it's, it's the right answer, but not done right, not answering my question, whereas other times it'll um, answer it completely right, just based on a one or two word difference or, or just reordering the words where the actual intent is clearly the same. So it's not understanding what I'm meaning, but what we're finding interesting or will find interesting and what we're trying to figure out is as time goes on, every couple of weeks, we're going to ask it series of questions, some of them the same, some of them different. How does it learn? How much better does it get? Because, you know, well, I mean, you know, like search itself, if you're not really recording what's going on, it just changes so gradually that by the end you're like, wow, this is amazing. It's answering everything that I want. I can now just get my weather on there. Well, when did that happen? Right? <laughs> like, but it all just happened so gradually you didn't notice. Um, so we're trying to go, okay, let's actually track how this thing gets better. When does it get better? How does rank brain improve? Um, the, the answers that it's giving me when I'm asking it things like, you know, how many Star Trek movies have been made, right? Well, don't give me 14 because you're pulling data from two years ago. <laughs> or whatnot. So, and that's the sort of questions we would phrase it in one way. And I got the right answer, phrase it another way. And it was giving me uh, old data that it was pulling off a site and it'll say, you know, from Quora here. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're pulling Quora data from two years ago. But if I reword it just slightly, same question, just slightly reworded, you're pulling from the right information and giving me the right data. So how does that improve with what speed does it improve? And, and then when does it just start to excel and, and just always know? or at least most of the time know the right answer. How, how that, 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 that is most interesting. Um, and it gives you, it gives you um, an indication of where it's drawing its information from. Yeah. If it's pulling its answer from a site, which I mean, for, for all of our listeners, if you're not paying attention to featured snippets, <laughs> do um, knowledge. That was featured. my next question. <laughs> Because uh, that is it. They're going, here's where the answer is coming from, what website it's coming from. They don't give you the full URL. They just give you the actual site name. And then here's where I'm getting my answer. Now, what I'd like to see in there as well, then, <laughs> uh, if they're going to give me wrong answers or if I have a question that relates to something that would be in flux. So, for example, how many Star Trek movies have been made, um, you know, where that number is going to change over time. If you're giving me an answer, you know, use the like, I don't know, find the last modified or something. <laughs> like, use that and go, as of this date, like at least tell me. Because if I didn't know to start to, to re-ask questions um, and try and figure out, and if I didn't know the answers to, to questions like that, then, because I'm that kind of nerd, um, you know, I would just take that at face value without knowing that, oh, that, that piece is old, right? So according to Quora, okay, now stamp on when that answer was given. <laughs> and go, as of this year on Quora, the answer was this, right? And, and then I think you'd, you'd be providing a, a far better experience. But it's new. I, I give them, you know, 
they, they've got time to work on this. Um, but, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to watch it progress. So if, if, if you could, uh, I guess, do me a favor right now and, and turn to your Google home device and say, Hey, Google home in Google analytics, how, what is your traffic recorded as? Okay, Google. In Google Analytics, what is your traffic recorded as? There you go. It can't I'm help sorry. me with that. <laughs> ah, so she's a PPC expert. But one of the interesting things, and then for our listeners who don't have a Google Home, one of the interesting things that I have found is when it doesn't have an answer, it has a couple different types of ways of saying that. So in that case, we heard it doesn't know how to answer it. There is no context um, to, to when that might happen. It's just a, I don't know how to do that. Other times it'll actually imply that it will one day know that. So it'll say, I don't know how to do that yet, right? Or, or things like that. So it is interesting. So it basically it's telling us, here's what we're working on, <laughs> right? Or I don't even have a context to put that in. Well, luckily, SEO Max Prin went out and found this information for us. And as it turns out, um, clicks from the Google Home app is um, seen as direct traffic. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Well, I guess it is, although it's pretty hard for, um, I mean, remember, Google is recording that this app, that this um, other program, for want of a better term, it's almost like, it's, it's like an intelligent click bot, right? You're asking, go find me this information on X, Y, and Z, and uh, go click on that website and extract that information and bring it to me. Um, how's Google supposed to record that? Right. You know? Um, well, and sometimes it's going to be giving you data that it never actually got from you, right? Like it's, it's going on Quora, here's what we said, right? Or here's, here's the answer. It's like a featured snippet. It didn't actually go through. I got my answer in the featured snippet. I didn't actually click through. Sometimes you do end up clicking through and you can with a home go through one step further, you know, visit that page, right? Sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I can only imagine they're going to have that sorted out. I certainly would, because if I was Google, and I'm not, but if I was, um, I would certainly want webmasters to start to see the impact of these kinds of devices right in their analytics. Like, oh, okay, this is now, now this is a percentage of my traffic that I'm dealing with that doesn't actually even have a screen, right? So, and that would be interesting for me as a marketer to know, critical, not at this stage, it's not you know, sort of prevalent enough, but as this progresses, as more and more, you know, homes are there or, or, or similar devices, I'm going to want to know what percentage of my traffic doesn't even have a screen, right? I and mean, that's going to be going to be a, a critical piece of information, especially if I'm like e-commerce, right? It's like, okay, I need to now convey my information very differently. Um, and is there going to be ways to convey that information on your web page, like a product information, and go, okay, if it's a home device, it's this, right? Like we do with mobile. Okay, let's format it differently for mobile. Okay, can I now format that again for a voice device and go, this is voice, so I need to pitch this person in a totally different way um, than what they want. I don't have tabs, so now I'm just going to wait for them to go, what are the specs? Okay, how do we, how do we deal with that? Um, it's going to be interesting, and I think Google's got a lot of challenges on that front coming up. Well, not only, not only does Google have a lot of challenges, webmasters have a lot of challenges too. Um, we have to, and I guess 
very much through the the data that Google provides us and our own anecdotal experiments. We have to try to figure out how people will be using voice search and uh, voice directed computing moving moving into the future. Because I mean, do you remember how the original web was? The, the, not the original web, I'm sorry, but the web pages were originally developed. It was much like a filing cabinet. Then it was like a brochure. And then we started grooving on what people were doing when they visited websites, um, like what actions they were taking, where they were clicking. We got into heat mapping, um, uh, 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 measuring, you know, uh, was the, the, the right hand uh Remember how every website used to have a left-hand navigation bar? Now, no website has a left-hand navigation bar? There's yeah. a reason for that, because people hated using them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we as webmasters start developing websites, exactly as you said, based on the needs of voice uh, search or... Um, voice-driven computing users. And Eric Enga um, and Mark Trapperhagen from Stone Temple Pilots have already gotten on doing this. I'm glad you're going there. Well, this is a perfect place to go. we got a few minutes before we got to take a break. And I really want to get this story in because I think it's really important. Um, you can either find a synopsis of the story up on Search Engine Land or you can go over to the Stone Temple blog and... Uh, and read up on Stone Temple. I recommend going to the Stone Temple one because because uh, um, that's the most comprehensive of the articles. Yeah. Did I call them Stone Temple pilots? Really? I I, I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Stone Temple blog. <laughs> the Stone Temple astronauts over at Stone Temple um, Digital Marketing. Uh, anyway, it's been a little. It's been a long day, guys. Um, so 60% of voice users, be this like voice search or, you know, like like uh, Home or Amazon Echo voice-directed computing, they want answers. They don't want search results. They want an answer to their question. That frightens me. <laughs> that truly <laughs> frightens me. And I'll tell you why. It's a limiting of information, uh, just a radically narrowing scope of where people will be drawing information from. Um, obviously, simpler to use, but I think from um, electors looking for information on candidates to consumers looking for information on products, the less data out there to be consumed by the information uh, consumer or voter the uh, easier it is to exploit these poor sods. <laughs> well, one of the things I do have to wonder about that statistic, though, is what is the context of the query? Um, so, for example, when I'm using my Google Home, um, mm. you know, for, for example, or, or doing a voice search on my phone, um, the questions I tend to ask it are very different. When I want selection, if I'm looking for a product or I want a search result, I would tend to go to a desktop or, or you know, I might use voice search, but I, I'm using it via browser. Um, whereas when I am using my Google Home, I mean, it doesn't have a display, so I, I clearly don't want <laughs> search results because that's not really going to be helpful. Um, you know, so I, I tend to ask it 
question related things, right? Like where I'm asking it, what's the weather going to be like? I'm asking it things like, you know, what's on my calendar today, right? Things like that. It'll just, I just need data. I don't, I wouldn't use it for anything uh, more sophisticated than that. I wouldn't use it for looking up political, um, you know, dialogue or, or something like that. I might use it to go, what time is the inauguration? I wouldn't look it up to, or I wouldn't use it to try and find out, okay, what's going on about, you know, during it or, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe where, maybe when, well, you know, what, but not, not more sophisticated. But maybe that's just me. What if you find yourself in St. Louis? You need a new pair of shoes. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, no, I, and I, you I, know what, that, time, I would use it. And you know what? That It's funny. I didn't think of that example, but that's 100% right. Um, where, yeah, and then I would go, you know, where is this? And it would direct me to, I mean, I may not because you know what? I'm, I'm a bit of a cheapskate. <laughs> I'm going to want some selection so I can take a look and, and see what's around me. Um, you know, and, and we can get into the paid side of that, which is another story from the week in, in just a little bit, but you're right. A lot of people might just go, okay, where is it? Find me the closest one. Um, and Google isn't great for that. I asked it where to get tea around my house and you, you know where my house is. Um, so I asked it where to get tea. The number one choice that it gave me was a pub about a block away. I'm like, well, that's, there's a Starbucks like right beside it. <laughs> like, why are you giving me a pub? Um, you know, so it, it, it's not perfect on that front. So I, I, I wouldn't use it to find out where the best place to buy shoes is. Um, but that's only because I'm now experienced to go, Oh, it doesn't really know <laughs> where, where to do this stuff yet. Um, but you're right. Somebody might, but a, a good example, um, where even that limiting might be helpful or, or might be just being not necessary, but it wouldn't change the, the outcome is if I'm driving, you know, across the trans Canada highway or something like that, and just going, where's the nearest gas station? <laughs> like I, I'm running out of gas. I don't actually care <laughs> what my options are right now. And let's face facts, the gas prices are pretty locked down and, and similar across, across everywhere. Um, but you know, if, if, if all I'm going to care about is I'm running low on gas, where do I get it? Um, so I don't need selection in a, in a case like that, but it, it will be interesting. And then of course, when I use voice search, is it only going to give me the people that are paying for it? Um, you know, where do I get shoes? Is it only going to give me the person that paid for it? If it's choosing one, I would, but then they're going to need to find out. Oh, Sorry? Well, it's, you know, in, 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 as the space for search results narrows, and I mean, we've seen this happen on, on the big screen, uh, the, 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 the desktop screen. Uh, we've certainly seen it happen in the mobile screen, the smaller screen. Um, and I mean, like, there's really a lot of room for four paid results and ten um, organic results in voice search. Mm-hmm. Sit down for a moment, Dave. I will explain your options to you. <laughs> Are you sitting, Dave? Do you have a pen and paper? Here we go. I mean, seriously, they're going to give you the top one that paid because that's the one that you don't want to sit and listen to, like, ten different options. No. No one got time for that. And you know what they better solve before they start doing that? They better solve that direct thing. <laughs> because if I'm an advertiser, I don't want it showing up as direct. Well, indeed, um, it's 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 not like Google Home has been typing um, directly into the address bar. Um, I think they have to come up with their own category for uh, for 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 Google Home. Maybe maybe it'll be something like uh, Vitelli, so much better than Google Home. Congratulations, America, or something to that effect. 
<laughs> gotta do something with those serps. See, now, now you've got me curious. I want to see if I can train mine to use that howl voice when it's telling me I can't do something. Okay, while you do that, we're going to have to take a break here on uh, Webcology on Cranberry.fm. So, friends, it's the 19th of January, 2017. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry. This is Jim Edwards of Joyce Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money studies show that companies waste 25 percent of their ppc spend on average the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com can show you how to make your adwords account a lean mean converting machine whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level we have a class for you contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Sales at cranberry.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at Cranberry.fm. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. You know your producer loves you or is annoyed with you. I'm not sure which. When, uh, they, when they use the uh, intro and exit music to make jokes about your own stupidity <laughs> on the air... See, I know I assume that, or, or from that statement, you're assuming that it's an either or. It could be both. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. It's the opportunity for radio magic here, Jimmy, and the fact that Stone Temple Pilots is one of my favorite bands. I got hopefully you like the the song selection I chose for these uh, two songs. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's see. How do I make a segue into entities and machine learning on from that? Let's go back into um, the let's go back into the wicked garden of web college. Okay. Oh, well played. 
<laughs> okay, so Dave, you wrote a you wrote a piece. It was in Search Engine Land on the thirteenth of January. Um, newly granted Google patent sheds lights on how the search engines see entities, and I think we got to pay a lot of attention to stuff like this moving into the future. Um, Rank Brain, Google Home. Uh, uh, this whole actually, it's weird. We didn't intend it, but the theme of the show has been um, search and entities. Yeah, uh, in one way or another, right? Eh? Yeah, it really has. Um, oh. And I, to me, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think if there's, if you, I mean, you can't in SEO pick one thing to pay attention to, <laughs> of course. Um, but if I had to pick one thing to pay attention to, it would be entities. Well, I mean, I think this is one of the more powerful things, given the direction it feels search will be going, whether whether we're talking a mobile-first universe, a uh, voice-driven universe, um, you know, a, 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 an electronic assistant universe, whatever. It's all about matching up uh, intent of query with, um, you know, the stuff around us. And that has to do with evaluating entities. Mm-hmm. So you ran across a patent that um, I'm not sure if you got it from Bill, Bill Slosky over at SEO by the Sea, or if um, you ran it past him. Um, but on December 22nd, 2016, uh, a Google patent um, defines entity as a thing or concept that is singular, unique, well-defined, and distinguishable. For example, an entity may be a person, place, item, idea, abstract concept, concrete element, or other suitable thing or combination thereof. Dave, how does a, I mean, they could have just called them a noun, but how, um, how does Google see and evaluate entities? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting area and, and worth noting, I've read, I mean, anytime a, a patent comes out that's on entities, I'm writing another one right now. <laughs> uh, I, I read them. They define an entity virtually the same every single time. And it makes sense. You're right. It's, it's a noun. <laughs> um, so what this patent was about and, and what made it really interesting for me um, was it's them trying to make sense of unstructured data. So we all know about things like schema and, you know, organizing information into into structured creations on your page so that Google understands them. Um, in this case, the patent was about what does Google do if you haven't done that? So how do they extrapolate an answer? How do they decide that you're an entity, um, you know, without any clear marking on the page to say, you know, this is the entity. One of the ones they used um, was Obama because when the patent was written, that was president and, and it was originally filed prior to, you know, anybody running against him, um, you know, or, or running at all, I guess, against Hillary in this case. So uh, they used him as an example, but going, how do you tell whether we're talking about, you know, if you have Obama and there's a bunch of them, how do you tell that this is this Obama versus this Obama? Or, you know, the example I used um, in my write-up of it is, how do they know that it's me, Dave Davies, and not that guy from the Kinks? Right? When, it, when they just encounter a reference to Dave Davies on a page, how do they know which one it is? Um, and how do they know what about that Dave Davies um, is, is worth knowing and, and which pieces are not worth knowing? So um, one of the, the interesting things that they talk about, and, and you know, I always like my takeaways and patents, and I mean, I could go you know, endlessly through all this stuff, and it's, it's all very interesting, but that's more to me than anybody else. Um, but one of the, the 
you know, so let's just get to the takeaways from it. Um, one of the things that they do, or at least that the patent defines that they can do, and it makes perfect sense to do, is that they would run a query, and, and often they've built it into their systems, at least according to the patent, to do this in advance. Um, so they'll run a, a series of queries for something like Dave Davies. Um, now, they need to find out, A, which Dave Davies that is. For that, they would look at the page itself and go, what else do we see on the page? Okay, we're seeing SEO on the page. Okay, then it's the Dave Davies who's right now chatting. If they saw guitar or musician or something like that or kinks, okay, now they are able to tie it to a, a new entity. But what becomes really interesting is how they start crafting what data is important for something like the knowledge graph, because that's where the takeaways come in, right? This is what Google's defining as important about that entity itself. Um, and so what they have said in the patent they do, and this is where we can actually do stuff, um, is they'll basically look at a, you know, a top 10, <laughs> Or run a query. They don't say 10. Well, 10 is one of the examples, but they're like, we could look at the top three, five, whatever. Um, and they actually just look at all of the top ranking pages and start to pull out the common other entity trends. So do they see guitarists? Okay, well, that's on nine. Well, obviously, that's a critical piece of information. So that's now going to be included in the knowledge graph. Um, you know, they'll see Ray Davies, his brother on eight of them. Okay, that's an important piece. You know, on one or two, they might have which school he attended. Okay, that's not really all that important. So we actually have an opportunity to craft what data they're going to find important about any given entity uh, and, and actually start swaying what they might show in the knowledge graph by simply making sure those top 10 ranking pages for an entity name um, contain very specific pieces of information. If you're a corporation, uh, you're going to want very specific sets of information in your knowledge graph, of course. So the, the goal then would be, okay, now let's make sure those top 10 are including these pieces of information because Google is not just going to look at one. They're not just going to look at two. They're trying to look at unstructured data. So they're trying to, to get this from the entire web. So, okay, let's start looking at how do we make sure all of the pages or the majority of pages um, contain this key piece of information that we want to make sure is in our knowledge graph um, and, and associated with us as an entity. What do we feel is important to us and make sure that that gets in there. Um, another one of the takeaways was structure it. Um, now, I know we're talking about unstructured data, but and, and Google is using, you know, sort of weighting systems and they actually they don't define it as keyword density, but they're talking about keyword density. And as I noted in my write up, I'm like, this might be the last time I actually refer to keyword density, but <laughs> they're talking about it here um, is looking into what is the, the weighting of a, of a specific entity name on a page as it associates with other entities like guitar or like the kinks or something like that in the case of, of that Dave Davies. Um, so how frequently all, is this uh, is one word used in relation to another word or concept? Exactly, exactly. If you start seeing, you know, Dave Davies with Ray Davies and the Kinks all over a page, that's going to lend some additional there's a, weight. There's a relationship there, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. And if you start so, seeing that same sort of thing on multiple pages, now it just makes sense. So. It strikes me that um, one of the one of the ways that SEOs can immediately react to this, it used to it used to be about getting incoming links, but right now uh, one of the major goals is to get into the knowledge graph. You're going mm -hmm. to get so much freaking traffic if you get your your uh, page or your idea or your product into the knowledge graph. Um, linking to Various pages that that 
you know, have uh, complimentary information about, you know, your your client, your product, your whatever might be might become suddenly very useful. Maybe you've yeah. got to develop good links. Well, that's it. I mean, you you'll need to. I mean, links are one area, of course. I mean, links are funny because, of course, they talk about the structuring of the importance, and links are actually discussed in the patent as well a little bit. But that's more of the passing of importance. How important. They're not, we're going to reinforce you as an entity because you have a link. It's more a, the stronger sites win. And of course, the stronger sites are the ones with more links. So, Well, indeed, <laughs> but how does, how does Google match, match up your stuff with something tangential, you know, um, frequently and accurately? See, and that's what's interesting here is it's not, according to the patent, I mean, you know, there's, there's a million different things going on, of course, and, and we know that. But from the strict perspective of this patent, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter if... Yours is the only, you know, you're, you're probably ranking for your own brand. According to the patent, it wouldn't actually matter if the nine other sites didn't even link to that Dave Davies website from the Kinks that they have discussed. And they might be linking to Wikipedia posts about that day, whatever. They might be linking out to completely well, different they things. They don't got to be connected to each other. No, they just need to be containing it because it's just trying to look at the information and go, how do I decide what's most important here? based on on these 10 pages or five pages or 100 pages of of content that's incredible it's it's a really really interesting take on things um and i think it does give us some action items on how to understand what they what they want one of the neat little sort of side notes of it is they're building these lists in advance basically they're keeping a database on on google side to go Okay, when we find pages, because of course, I mean, you can imagine if every time somebody searched up Dave Davies on, on Google, um, you know, if they had to now run this query, analyze the top 10, right, this would be an enormous burden on their systems. Um, so rather than do that, they're just updating this list. Every time they find something, they go, here's a page, here's the entity references on that page. Um, as far as we can tell them, here's how the pieces connect together. And then basically creating a, a template of that page so that then when they're looking up Dave Davies, they just have to go to this secondary database and go, okay, here's all the connections of these different entities as they exist. Um, so here's what's, what's going to be most important rather than having to rebuild that data every single time. Truly phenomenal. So this comes down to content writing, to, um, I guess, collaboration with other webmasters. Mm -hmm. Um, and to, well, as defining whatever topic of, uh, of any individual page, not, not even URL domain or site, but any individual page on the web, um, I guess defining it as closely and as generally as possible <laughs> at both at the same time. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, we are getting the electronic hook. We're out of time. We, we, I, I totally lost track of it. We've, we've butted up to 3 p.m., so we got to go. Um, we will be having guests coming back to Webcology starting next week. Um, not sure who's on next week, but week after. We got Raya Drysdale Drysdale coming on. Week after that, we have... Oh, come on. Who? Good guest. Can't remember who, but we got to go. Friends from... Uh, on behalf of Dave Davies, from Beats Talking at Martin, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Web College on Cranberry.fm. It's the 19th of January 2017. Stick around. Great content coming up after the news.
opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry's Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 